Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. La, 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 la. Man, that song is stuck in my head. Anybody sing that song yet? We're going to keep playing this song over and over again. This is what we're going to do. We're cut the message, guys. We're going to play that video five times over. But I hope that song is really sticking in with your head, uh, just being positive. Uh, this last few weeks has been such an encouragement for our church. My big, fat mouth getting in trouble all the time. So a couple weeks ago, we talked about complaining. Last week, we talked about criticizing. Josh missed the message, but uh, he's going to work on that. And then he's going to work on the line part today. But, man, I'm excited. Uh, God's doing so much in our church. I've had so many people come up to me and say, hey, Sean, thanks for this message. Man, God's really speaking through this. And apparently, we've got to get serious about our words around here because God's been working through everybody. Super convicting series, so, and uh, as me as well. But it's just been an exciting time. So today we're going to jump into our third part of the series and uh, just introduce it in a way of a story. And I always have some fun stories. Uh, this is a story, one of those that was a good idea at the time story. And we have a story like that. I was like, man, that was a good idea. And then it wasn't really a good idea after it happened. And so um, today, most of my stories involve around uh, vehicles and college, so I don't know how this just kind of worked out that way. God put it together. But we were in high school. I was hanging out with my buddy. Um, his name was Brandon Dobson. We call him Dobby for short. And uh, larger-in-life guy, pretty fun character. And it was my senior year. He was br- bringing back to my house after school. And uh, God provided this awesome thing in the ditch called a tire. Apparently, that blew our mind. And so we found a tire, had the rim on everything, and we got this brilliant idea that we put it in the road on end and just ram it as fast as possible to see if we can get to fly down the street. Come on now, this is a good idea. <laughs> this is a brilliant idea. Of course, it's not my van, right? So I'm like, this is awesome. So I put it on the road, I'm standing there, and he guns it and hits that thing probably 30 miles an hour. And I'm thinking this tire's going to shoot off. Well, what happened is the van shot off the tire. The tire went under the van and lifted the van up and just kind of rocketed out and landed in the ditch. And the tire was below it. It ripped the bumper underneath the front end, and the license plate's all ripped apart and damaged, and there's no numbers on it and letters anymore. And, of course, I'm like, dude, that was awesome, you know? Of course, he's like, uh, this van is my grandpa's van. And uh, he has my trucks in the shop, and the van's due back tomorrow. So, of course, what do we come up with? A great plan to lie about it, right? We're like, dude, no one's going to find about this. So we're going to get this fixed up by tomorrow, and we're going to get it back. And it's going to be the greatest feat we ever accomplished. And so he gave me his debit card. I went down into the hood. I'm off Truman Road. And in one of those shops where you, they pull back the chains on the doors, and you get in a room like 10 by 10 as one light swinging like an FBI investigation. You know, it's kind of like, dude, this is kind of freaky. I hope it'll get like shanked or something. And then you got to pay for the bumper on like an eight-foot counter, and it comes out wrapped in paper. And you're like, whoa, that was cool, you know? So I get back to the house, and I change out the bumper. He's at some other thing because I felt kind of guilty. So I still have the bumper at my mom's place, by the way, if you want to see this evidence. But So I stretch out the bumper, and I'm like, man, that bumper's looking awfully clean. we got to make this thing a little distressed. That's kind of the thing nowadays, right? So we got some gravel off the driveway. We're scraping this thing up. Like, got to make it as good as old, right? And I, get, I went to Walmart, mashed up the, uh, the, the, the letter color, that little blue, with some fingernail polish because that's how we roll in Raytown. I'm putting those numbers back on there and I fixed up the license plate and the vice and beat out the letters, all that stuff. And we put it back together. I thought, man, this is awesome. This is the greatest feat we've ever accomplished. No one's going to find out about it. Well, about three months later, Dobby got a call from his grandpa. He said, hey, uh, you got anything you want to tell me about the van? Oh, man, it ran great, grandpa. Thanks for letting us borrow it. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. So about the bumper. 
oh yeah, the bumper. Well, you know, it was this tire that was rolling down the street and it hit the van. He said, oh really? He goes, well, you know, I'll just tell you something. If you just called me and told me the truth, I would have paid for the whole thing and fixed it for you. I was like, oh man, you serious? And so today we're going to talk about lying. We've all lied about something. Who, raise your hand. Who has lied before? Raise your hand high. Put your hand up. Put your hand up. Who has lied? Keep them up. Now keep them up. Who has lied? Who has lied? Now I want you to look around. Keep them up. Y'all don't want to do Now look around and see who has their hand down and be like, hey, odds are you're a liar right now. Somebody's got their hand down. I saw Joe. He didn't put his hand up for a minute there. Andrew. He goes, you did. Man, tell y'all lying about something. All right, so on average, studies say four times a day is the average amount of time somebody lies a day. Four times a day. Matter of fact, there's a study from University of Massachusetts that says that 60% of people will lie in the first 10 minutes of a conversation with a new person. So half the people that you meet, all right, they're gonna lie to you within 10 minutes, all right? So I'm gonna keep this message about nine minutes so I don't lie to you. If you're new here today, I was gonna cut it down. And my dad always said, don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. And uh, I don't know if you got those stories, the fish just kind of gets bigger and bigger, whatever. All right, so how does God feel about lying? How does, what's his feelings about it? And the Bible is really, really clear. He's exact, exactly tells us what he feels about it. It's found in Proverbs 12, 22. It says this. It says, the Lord, now say this out loud, you got the next word. The Lord detests, detests lying lips. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. So this word for detest, this word this toeba, it's something disgusting, it's an abomination, it makes one nauseous. And so you think of like God himself, this is implying that when he hears lying lips, he detests it, he gets sick to his stomach. He absolutely hates lying. This is clear as day in the Bible. I love what Paul says about it in Ephesians 4.21. He says, since you've heard about Jesus and you've learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception, but instead... In the spirit, renew your thoughts and attitudes. I mean, we could probably preach a sermon series on that. Oh, wait, we are, right? So pre renew your thoughts and attitudes, but put on your new nature, created to be like God through righteousness and holy. Stop telling lies. I mean, just, that's pretty point blank, wasn't it? Stop telling, man, we're all guilty of this. But let us, let us tell our neighbors the truth for all parts of the same body. We throw off the old nature, but we put on the things of Christ. We put on not telling lies, but telling the truth. I mean, an old Southern preacher once said this. He said, you're never more like the devil than when you're telling lies. Man, that's kind of powerful you think about it. Now, I could try doing a Southern voice if you want me to. Amen. Who wants to hear that? <laughs> Who wants to hear me in a Southern preacher voice? I mean, it may be a letdown, but we have some plans. You may never move like the devil than when you're lying. All right, maybe that was not a good illustration. I can do a swamp, people. Y'all never be like more devil when you're lying now. Y'all come back now, yeah. <laughs> swamp people or something. I get something, but Jesus apparently agreed with this comment. John 8, 44 says this. He says, he the devil was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. Man, how powerful is that? When the devil lies, he speaks his native language. That the language of the devil is lying. It says the Bible says he's a liar. He's a father of lies. Perhaps this is why God hates lying so much. Because it reminds him of his spiritual enemy, of our spiritual enemy, the great deceiver, the prince of darkness, the power of the earth, the air, of Satan himself, that his greatest weapon is to convince us to lie. His greatest weapon himself is to lie. You know, Satan's plan for us is to coerce us away from the truth of God. The truth that sets us free, Amen. And Satan begins to just plant lies in our life and deceives us away from the things. If you look at his pattern, just from the very beginning, it started out with a lie. 
It's always a lie. And so today I just want to take a few minutes to discuss what the enemy's plan would look like for us to lie. There's three little thoughts I want to give you that the devil has for us. The first thing is very simple. What's his plan for lying? One is he wants a guest to lie about anything. So he wants a guest to lie. He wants to star us out. Just get us to speak his tongue a little bit. Just to kind of downplay some things in our life. Maybe to exaggerate that story. You know, the fish kind of grew from here to here in like two minutes, you know. It's like, man, the fish was this big. We should kind of tell these stories. Or cheat on the test. Now, I love those Facebook posts where people cheat on the test, but it's like one answer off. And teachers write those things like, yeah, next time try better. You can't cheat well. That kind of thing. But we lie about all sorts of stuff, right? Like, really? Were you at your friend's house? Come on, mommy wasn't born yesterday. You weren't at your friend's house. We know, right? We're lying about that stuff. We like to leave out the details. Like we tell something that's like 99% true, but still 100% a lie about somebody else. You know what I'm talking about? We just kind of paint that picture like, man, did you hear that one part of the story and little gossip starts? Oh, I'm getting ahead. That's next week. All right, but we tell the version of the story that paints the best picture for us. Man, has anybody guilty of that? There's a guy this morning we were talking about a little bit. I said, I bet we tell the story that what happened in the past differently. Like you probably tell it one way, I probably tell it another, kind of make it sound a little better either way, right? But we exaggerate stuff. You ever heard somebody complain, like, man, my wife said this, and I told her, oh, you do that, I'm gonna do this, this, and this, and this. And you're like, did you really say it? Well, no, but I thought it. It's like, okay, good for you. You know, like you're a liar to yourself in your head, but you couldn't, whatever, good for you. But you know, I find myself doing this all the time, right? We find ourselves lying about like the most trivial things. Like things that don't even matter, things that aren't important. We just kind of like make something up because it just sounded good in the moment. Like, oh, yeah, of course. And so I'm going to share a couple embarrassing stories like on my behalf. And so <laughs> some of you guys are like, I've got some stories for you, Sean. I know some stories. All right. But again, uh, another car story. So I was in college. There's a buddy of mine named Mike McKelvin. You guys have met him. He preached last uh, January. He runs Vapor Ministries. And it was his first time going to Africa. He said, hey, Sean, I want you to, you can use my uh, Ford Explorer while I'm gone. I was like, sweet. You know, like I could use this right now. And so uh, we drove to the airport. He drove. And we got there and he unloaded stuff and he handed me the keys and he's been gone for a month. So I'm like, okay, this is sweet. He goes, hey, you can drive a manual, right? I'm like, yes. Yeah, of course I can drive. I'm a guy, duh. Like, I've looked at one, I've touched it. Like, I know what I'm doing. Easy peasy. So he gets in the airport, and I'm like, oh man, this is gonna be rough. So I, I, I got a thing, I stall that thing out three or four times right there in front of the, the gate. I finally get out of the airport, which is only like a Walmart parking lot size in Springfield anyway. And I'm beginning to pray, oh Lord, let all the lights down Kearney, that's the main drag on North Springfield, be green. And they're never all green. Because I used to work at the airport for four years, and it never worked out that way. But that day, God answered my prayer. Every light was green. I flew through him. I was like, oh, thank you, Lord Jesus, because these are big hills. Like, there's no way I'm going to get out here alive. So I made it in a BBC parking lot. Didn't kill anybody. Didn't die. But I lied about it. Like, no big deal, right? Like, just, why did I lie? It's crazy. Just like, oh, yeah, I can drive it. He probably would have shown me, right? But I said, no, no, I know what I'm doing. So another story, a little embarrassing story. So my, another car story. I think I like, don't put me around cars. This was about a Ford Escort, so something about Fords, you know. This is something about it. But anyway, so it was my freshman year out of college. I was back at my church. I was interning, and uh, we were messing around. This is what church interests are all about, right? Like, we're just, like, doing whatever. And uh, this guy shows up for lunch, and I talk about him a lot. His name's Mitch. And he shows up during lunchtime. He parks his Ford Escort out in the parking lot. And uh, he left it unlocked. Oops. And it was a manual. <laughs> I didn't know how to drive it, but I knew I could put it in neutral. And so I put that thing in neutral with my buddies, and uh, the wheel was locked. I was like, oh, man. But we got it pushing around the parking lot, kind of like half moon shapes. You know what I'm talking about. If 
you're, no, you probably don't, but we did it. And then we pick up the front end and slide over, and we got to work behind some buses. So he didn't know it was there. So he comes back from lunch, and uh, he's looking around for his car. Of course, we're downstairs hanging out, like, just giggling, like, this is awesome, you know, like, I can't wait to see what's going to happen. When we find out, like, that they're looking for the car, people come up to us, hey, you heard anything about his car? You know what's happening? Dude, what? No way. His car's gone. Wow, that's crazy, man. I can't, it's, it is, we're in the hood. <laughs> Probably got stolen. That's crazy, you know. Well, about 15 minutes later, guess who, who, who Mitch on the phone with? He's on the phone with the police. We're like, oh, we better stop this, right? Like, we better go up there. It's getting a little serious. So I run up there, and there's a glass window and in the office. And I'm on the outside of the glass. And I'm like, hey, hey, it's all good. We found your car. It's all good, you know? He's like, what, what? He's on the phone. Hold on, what, what? I'm like, yeah, your car. We moved it behind the bus. It's right over there. And he's got this fuming, like, you know, he's like, he's bad. Cuss words, you know, like, things are happening. He looks at, he's on the phone. I remember it like yesterday. He goes, I'm sorry, ma'am. Uh, we had a, or hey, say, I'm sorry, but we, uh, there's been a misunderstanding. Click. And he storms around. And of course, I bolt. I'm like, I'm out of here. I can outrun you. I know I cannot run you, but my friend didn't know he was running after us. He was right beside me. I left him cold. Well, Mitch caught him. He took his arm and twisted it around and flipped him on the ground. He started teaching you know, all this stuff. I was like, I stopped to watch because it was awesome. But <laughs> I ran, dude. I ran. I wasn't going to hang around for that. But we lied about it. No big deal, right? We all laugh. Like, we all tell lies, all this stuff. But God takes it so seriously. And we just do it so flippantly. Like, it's no big deal. And so Satan's schemes, it's so easy to fall into it, right? Like, Satan's language is a lie. Like, that was his scheme. That was his plan. That's what he wanted. And so we end up speaking his native tongue. And you think about four times a day on average, that's what we do. Just little white lies, little things here and there. Just kind of like going with the flow. Just kind of normal. We don't even think about it. And so today I just want to dig into that, that Satan wants us to lie. Just start out lying. Just any kind of small thing we can. That's Satan's first step. The second thing is this. He wants us to get to lie to ourselves. He doesn't want just to lie to other people. Like, hey, Mitch, your car's over there. He wants us to start lying to ourselves. He wants us to, to start doubling down our lies. Oh, no, no, this is definitely it. No, 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 this is it. Uh, this is how it's going to be. And all of a sudden, we start downplaying our own sin nature. We start saying things like, oh, I'm not that bad. It's not that bad. Like, no one's ever going to find out about this. I can stop when I want to. No big deal. I can just stop anytime. I can quit anytime. I'm not hurting anybody. Hey, you know what? It's really not my fault. I'm not telling us anybody, but it's not my fault. I'm the victim. Look at everybody else. It's their fault. This, I'm just the victim in life. And all of a sudden, we start playing these cards, these lies that we actually believe ourselves. And so what happens, we're not lying to others, we start lying to ourselves. This is what happened with King David in the Old Testament. King David, he uh, believed the lie that he shouldn't go to battle. And so he was hanging out in his own, like, his own area, his own king, whatever you call it. Man, what's, in, what's a king stay in? Somebody tell me that. I was going to say castle, but that didn't really seem right. But <laughs> palace, that's what I'm looking for. Thank you. Ding, ding. So King David's hanging out in his palace instead of being on the front line fighting the battle. He was supposed to be leading his men in the army to fight. Instead, he's hanging out in his own comfort zone. He gets up on the rooftop, and all of a sudden, he starts seeing a naked lady taking a bath. And the Bible says this word he used was ra. It means I saw her. And I think King David was like, ra ha ho, baby. You know, like, so, dude, that, wow. Like, I'm not the bad. I'm here in the comfort zone. Come on. Like, go send for her. Tells the servant, go bring that girl. So that girl comes to the palace. He ends up having a adulterous affair with this lady. She gets pregnant. So this is where lies start and keep going and going and going and going and going and going. So King David devised a plan. He says, I'm going to send Uriah back. I'm going to bring him here. I'm going to set this up so that they get together and they think it's their kid and it's all going to be good. But Uriah was a man of honor. He wouldn't leave the battlefield because his men were fighting. So he was going to stay there. So King David said, well, that plan didn't work. I'm going to go with plan two. Let's just go and send him to the front line. Let's go send him to the front line and he'll be killed. And that's exactly what happened. 
King David sent him to the front, and he was no more. Then there's this man named Nathan who's a prophet. He came up to King David, and he said, hey, King David, I got a little story I want to share with you. It's a little story. Once upon a time, there was a wealthy man. He was very rich. He owned all the herds of cattle and animals in the whole area. Had more than you can even imagine. And there was also this very poor man. He owned one little lamb. As a matter of fact, it was his kid's favorite lamb. His kids loved this lamb. It was like their own pet. And then one day, a very hungry person came to that wealthy man. And that wealthy man, instead of killing his own sheep and animals to feed this person, took that little lamb from that one poor person, that favorite lamb that kid had, and killed it and fed it to the hungry man. Well, David is outraged at this story. I cannot believe this is happening. I need to find this person. This person needs to be put to death. They're going to pay for what they've done. This is an absolute sin. It needs to be taken care of. And this is what Nathan said to him. Nathan said to him, Atah-ish. Atah-ish. It's a Hebrew word for, you are the man, David. You are the man. Atah-ish. That story's about you. You didn't know that story's about you. And for some of us today, you're going to have an Atah-ish moment. Like, you're going to feel like, okay, you're speaking to me. Like, I am that person. I have created this mask. I've created this lying. I believe these lies. I've been following these lies for so many years. I don't even know where they started. Like, this is my story. I'm living apart from God's truth. Because the devil wants you to live in those lies. Just like David tried to cover his sin. We do so much to cover our sin, don't we? We do so much to to hide all the negative stuff in our life from everybody else. Because we're too afraid to be judged. And so we create this persona that doesn't even exist. Ata-ish. And so the devil wants you to lie. He wants you to lie to yourself. And this is his absolute masterpiece, the third part. He wants you to live a lie. He wants you to live your entire life to be a lie. He wants you to live so much that you're so deceived that you don't even know the truth anymore. That You claim to be one thing with your lips, but you're absolutely somebody different. You claim one thing. Like maybe you go to church and you say, I follow Jesus, but you do something completely different. He wants you to live so out of sync with God. And obviously this isn't everybody in this room. Obviously, this isn't everybody, but unquestionably today, there are some of us that are living a lie. There's some of us in this room that are living an absolute lie. It may look like this. You may be Mr. Christian. You may show up to church. You may serve on the dream team. You may be Mr. Christian at the office. You got all this stuff put together. But when you're alone, there is a raging problem, a raging problem with pornography. Maybe there's other problems in your life, but when you're alone, it's different. Or maybe you have that perfect Instagram account. You got those new kicks. I saw some had some new kicks today. Perfectly white. They'll last like three minutes with me. But you got your kicks. You're taking pictures. You're showing a vacation. But inside, when you're all alone, you feel absolutely desperate that you're alone. You have nobody to turn to. You feel depressed. You feel like you're struggling. You feel like you're barely making it by. But you put on this perfect persona that you're absolutely perfect. Or maybe at Life Group, right? You got that perfect marriage thing going, right? They kind of act the part, like, oh, yeah, baby, we pray every night. Like, don't pray every night, right? Like, you're all culling up on the couch. You're not making the googly eyes. And then you go home, and you sleep in separate rooms. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That we live a lie. And so today, maybe the Holy Spirit's work on you is saying, ata-ish, ata-ish, this is me. This is the lie that we sometimes live. The devil wants you to tell lies, and ultimately, he wants you to live a lie. This is one of my greatest fears as a pastor, that we run a church and people could show up every week or come a few times and not feel the call to drive to Christ to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. That you can actually come to church and live the lie that you think you're a Christian and not be a Christian even though you go to church. There's so many people that go to church and have no idea what it's like to be a Christian. This was kind of my story growing up. I didn't really go to church, but I knew enough about church because I went to some funerals, right? And I went to some weddings and I was a Christian because I knew about, I was American, right? I was American, so I must be a Christian. I'm not a Buddhist. I'm not Hindu. I'm not all this other stuff, so I must be a Christian. And that's how I grew up, and that's what I thought. That's the, that, there's no evidence in my life, though, as a Christian. I know spiritual fruit. There's nothing different in my life than the rest of the world. There's absolutely the same. And the Bible talks about a lie in 1 John 2, 4. It says, whoever says, I know him, whoever says, I know God, but doesn't do what he commands, 
Whoever says they know God but doesn't obey God, but doesn't follow God, doesn't have any life change, doesn't have any fruit, doesn't even look like Christ at any level, this is what it says about this person. It says that person is a liar and the truth is not in that person. I mean, this was me growing up. This was so passionate about this because I lived a lie. I literally thought I had, we had a Bible on the shelf. I was a Christian. You know what I'm talking about? Like that big white Bible that somebody gives you at your wedding, like the, the giant one that's three foot tall and a foot wide, and it's got the pictures from like precious moments. You're like precious moments, Jesus. You know, it's like, I'm a Christian. You know, it's like, what? Like, I had no idea what it's all about. But the devil had me thinking that I was a Christian. But I had no idea. I'd never even like heard the gospel, but I was a Christian. I had no idea what the gospel is all about. The devil has lied to so many of us. He, he lied to us growing up the way we thought. Maybe he said, you think, I've got to keep up my good deeds. Maybe you believe the lie of religion. Maybe you went to a church that said, hey, you gotta have a certain standard. You gotta look a certain way. You gotta conform. You gotta be this. When you follow enough rules and you work hard enough, then God's gonna let you in. That that's how it's gonna work. But instead of having the transformational work of the cross, you started working towards the cross. Some of us have to earn grace. We feel like we're not good enough. The devil, man, he puts us in chains, doesn't he? You're just not good enough. You can't start a church. You can't do that thing. There's no way you're good enough for that. Look at, look at you. Look at you. This is what the devil does. He condemns us. He puts us right back in the open prison cell, and we sit there and wait for some other confirmation. I'm here to tell you that Jesus set you free, amen? That Jesus set you free from that prison cell. That Jesus transformed you. You don't have to earn grace. That Jesus gave you grace. You don't have to clean up your mess before you come to the cross. You come to the cross just as you are, and Jesus already cleaned up your mess, amen? That's how, is there ever time to be happy about something? I think it's time to be happy about something, amen? Like Jesus cleaned up our mess, that he doesn't live a lie. So I'm just going to make this as, as, as clear as possible. Like, why do we lie? Why do we lie? What, what is inside of us? Some people lie because they want others to feel good about themselves. Like, oh, baby, that looks great. Like, oh, that scale's wrong or whatever. You know, we come up with this stuff, right? Like, we just lie about everything, no matter what it is. Don't, you don't lie about that. All right? <laughs> but we lie about everything. But I'm like a little more like self-centered, I guess. I lie to make myself look better. I'm the opposite. I'm like, no, I'm good. Look at me. Like, I'm going to cover up that trail. Like, there's nothing bad ever happened in my life. Like, that's kind of more my style, right? Like, we all lie. So why do, why do you lie? Like, what, what is it for you? Like, what's the root of you lying? Like, what's the insecurity? What's the fear? What's the doubt that Satan is telling you of why you lie? Because I believe if you get to the root, you can get healing. And I believe this. So this is really important, that the root reason most of us lie is because we don't completely trust God. At the end of the day, it comes down to not trusting God. We believe certain things. We believe that our lives will work better than the truth. Believe that we lie, that's actually more effective than telling the truth. I see this so much. I see this so much. I've seen it in my own life. I see it in the people's lives around me. We think this, we think if we lie, it'll keep us safe. Like, I'll lie about that so I don't look like an idiot, but I'm gonna be safer because I lie. Or we won't get in trouble. Like, no, I didn't steal these signs. <laughs> what? No, I didn't hit that tire. I'm not gonna get in trouble. No way. Or like, we want to make people look better, right? Like, we want us to look better around people. Like, oh, yeah, I'm really smart. Look at me. Like, I know that. I know that. Like, we meet somebody, and we all start talking about how great we are. And it's like, yeah, you're, okay, you're great. That's cool. Or we try to avoid a conflict. So we lie about it because it's just harder to deal with it. And we find out over time that you can't actually build a relationship on lies. It's actually really hard to do that. It doesn't ever work out. And so it's better to build it on truth. So the root reason that most of us lie is because we don't completely trust God. So as simple as possible, this is what it looks like. The devil is the father of lies. The devil's native language is a lie. But the devil wants you to be deceived from the truth. And this is really important if you catch anything, I want you to catch this, is that the truth, the truth is a person. The truth is a person. The truth has a name, his name is Jesus, amen? The truth has a name. It's a real thing. It's a person you follow. It's not a list of rules, it's a relationship with Jesus himself. The Bible says in John 8, it says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. 
that lies bring bondage, that lies put you in chains, but the truth will set you free today. The truth will bring freedom to your life. Our best relationships are on the other side of truth. And I fullheartedly believe that. Our best relationships are on the other side of truth. I mean, you gotta fight for your marriage. Don't give up. I know there's some things in your marriage that are terrible. There's some things that's happened. Get over it, move forward, fight for it. Fight for your kids. Don't, don't lie and deceive. Don't manipulate, fight for purity. Do some of us give up on that. Some of us gave up on the fight that God wants us to have because we believe some lie that we have to go somewhere else to get something that God created for in marriage. But I, I challenge you, fight for your purity. Fight for what God put in front of you. Fix your attitude. Some of us believe the lie that life is just terrible. Life is terrible, terrible, terrible. So we gotta stay positive, amen? Don't make me whistle that song. You know what I'm talking about, stay positive. Be honest, find freedom. Here, here's God's plan, I want you to get this. God's plan is this, if we confess to God, he forgives us. Every time. If we confess to people, it brings healing. If we confess to God, he forgives us. If we confess to people, it brings healing. Check it out in 1 John 1, 9. It says, if we confess our sins before God, he is faithful and just and forgives our sins and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Man, God cleanses us. We can go in front of him. We don't have to lie about our life. We can go to him and say, God made a mistake. And he cleanses us. He forgives us. He makes us new. He doesn't hold against us. He separates our sin as far as the east is from the west. He doesn't hold it against us for one day to use it against us. He gets rid of it and cleanses it. Man, it's every time for the church to get a little shout happy and have a little praise time. I think it's now that God forgives us, amen? That God loves us. We don't have to do it our way. Like we don't have to live in our guilt and our shame that God set us free. We don't confess stuff to God because he needs to hear it. God already knows we sin. We confess to God so we can receive something. Because when we confess stuff to Jesus, he gives us more grace and we receive grace and we can walk in his path. Man, there are many people today that stop short of the blessing that God has for you. So many times you confess to God and that's it, but I promise you that healing starts when you confess to people. When you confess your sin to somebody else, when you tell them, hey, I've sinned against you, I've made a mistake, when you own up to that, that's where the healing begins. I wanna encourage you with this verse in James 5, 16. It says, therefore confess your sins to each other. Confess your sins to each other. Man, this is a hard one to do, isn't it? To say I made a mistake, but confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so you'll be healed. I mean, this is where the power begins. I wanna share just one last story. And this story, um, it's kind of a difficult one to share at some level because when I, was in, when I was in high school, I was like full on like, man, academic world. I was gonna do this, this, and this. And then getting a full ride to Baylor. I was gonna go there pretty much for free. And my, uh, my future wife, we were not dating at the time, she had a boyfriend, but I was gonna move him out of the way anyway. She was down at Baylor, so I was gonna take care of all that, you know what I mean? And so I was like, man, Baylor's the way to go. I was on the water skiing team. I had my whole life planned out. And then God just wrecked it like he always does, right? He said, curveball, son. Like, I need you to do something different than you're called to right now. Like, you think you're called to that, but that's just what you wanna do. You gotta do what I want you to do. And so I said, hey, I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna serve God full time. I'm gonna do all, all it looks like. I don't know what it is, but I know God's called me to preach. God's called me to lead. And so I'm gonna step away from this because that's not God's dream, that's my dream. And so I decided to go to a little Bible college down in Springfield. And uh, I got there and uh, let me tell you something, it wasn't easy. I was like super critical of everything. So I came out like high school, like super smart guy, right? And these classes aren't hard. And matter of fact, they're kind of just Bible college style. If you've been to Bible college, you know what I'm talking about. Kind of gets all weird, like, you know? And then, and then all the rules, I'm like, these rules are terrible. Like who has these rules? These rules are dumb. Like nobody lives by these rules. Like you can't do this, this, and this, and a curfew. I didn't have a curfew in high school, you know? Like what's this thing here, what's this, this? And I was all over, just upset, irritated. And then it's just kind of like this. And I was complaining about everything. And so like three or four months into it, I'm like, man, this may not be for me. But I didn't want to tell anybody because people like Mitch had really believed in me. And said, man, if God's calling you to just do it, and he backed me, supported me, loved me. So I'm like, man, I don't want to call him up and tell him this ain't working out, right? 
But he called me. God put that on his heart. How you doing, Sean? I'm doing great. No, I didn't say that. I didn't lie to him, right? But I confessed. It was like, you know, hey, man, I got to let you know this isn't going well. Like, I'm so irritated. And I started rambling on all these this critical stuff we talked about, complaining, all these things are happening, and they can't believe this and this and this and this. And he listened to it, and he said, hey, Sean, why'd you get, why, why are you going to the ministry? Well, I didn't think about that, you know. <laughs> why are you going to ministry? I'm like, man, because I want to serve people. I want God to use them. He goes, then why is everything you said out of your mouth so selfish? It's like, dude, I'm mad. I'm so mad now. My, my blood's boiling. I'm like, you don't understand, man. So I start running off again. And he, he gets done, and, and he's like, man, it's just so selfish. I said, you don't understand. I hung up on him. I was so mad. I said, wow, okay, that was premature. That was mature. I'll admit that. <laughs> Super mature. So I'm sitting there in my dorm that night. It's about five, ten minutes. The Holy Spirit's just like working on me, you know. I'm listening to like, oh, man, yeah. You know what? He's right. And I'm crying at this point, like so irritated. So I call him back. I'm like, all right, Mitch, I hear you, man. You're 100% right. Like, I'm gonna focus on what God has for me and stop worrying about everybody else. I'm gonna stop worrying about what they think of me and these stupid rules and all this other stuff. I'm gonna start doing what God's called me to do. I'm gonna stop living for all this other junk. Like, I'm gonna be the, the biggest difference maker in this college. I'm gonna be a leader where I can be. I end up being an RA in college, end up running ministry after ministry. I got a stack of ministry stuff I ran. I started a bus ministry. I did all this stuff because one person had the, the gall to tell me that I was just a little bit selfish. And I had to confess to him that I was. Because of that, this man is a leader in my life today. This man, I, I don't make any decisions in my life that involve anything major at all, maybe even just minor, without talking to him first because we have that kind of relationship. He's a spiritual father in my life. I'm gonna tell you something, healing starts. Healing starts when you confess to people where you're at. You have to confess, you have to share where you're at. Man, I believe this, so many people stop short of sharing, amen? I think of stories in my own family I think of stories that you probably know in your family. I think of stories in this church that just stop with lies. Like nobody's willing to say, I'm done with that. Like I'm done being the manipulator. I'm done living that lie. Hey, I made a mistake. Can somebody say that? I made a mistake. Forgive me. And when, they, when you ask for forgiveness, you better forgive them because Christ forgave you, right? Some of you are gonna have that conversation maybe this week. Some of you may have to talk to somebody and they come to you and say, can you forgive me? I've sinned against you. And you're gonna say, yeah, I can forgive you. And those words of healing that you speak over them that moment will change their life forever. That's what God is calling us to do. I believe somebody here is carrying a lie today. Somebody is believing a lie. Somebody is possibly living a lie. I mean, how does it feel to live those lies? I mean, overwhelming, right? Overwhelming, trying to keep up the shame, the guilt, the fear. I mean, what would it look like to have no secrets? What would it look like to walk out of this room and say, you know what, I'm not a person of secrets anymore. The guy once told me, he said, you're only as healthy as your secrets. I thought, dude, stop talking, you know? You're only as healthy as your secrets. But what if you didn't have any secrets anymore? What if you decided to say, I'm gonna be a truth teller. I'm not gonna be a liar, I'm gonna be a truth teller. I'm gonna be honest with my spouse. I'm gonna be honest with my family. I'm gonna be honest as a leader. I'm a person of integrity. What would it feel like to be completely free? To be completely free to follow Christ? Man, the devil is a liar, he wants you to lie. He wants you to be deceived. He doesn't want you to follow Jesus. He doesn't want you to be set free from the cross. Man, truth is a person. Truth is Jesus. Truth brings freedom. Lies bring bondage. Freedom or bondage. Which one do you want? Freedom or bondage? Freedom or bondage? Lies or truth? Lies or truth? Which one is it for you? Jesus wants you to set you free today. Father, we come before you. God, we thank you so much for your son, Jesus. God, I ask that you send truth, God, into our souls today. God, that we wouldn't live a lie. God, we wouldn't believe a lie. God, we wouldn't tell a lie today. God, give us the courage to confess and admit, God, that we've made mistakes. God, I pray that we find healing this morning. God, our families, God, as we confess to one another. God, just where we fall short. 
God, help us not to hide anything. God, help us not to be people of secrets, God, but to be people that are open before you. God, take a moment to pray that those of you who say, I recognize my sinful nature. Man, I don't always tell the truth, but today I wanna to be a truth teller. Today I wanna to move out of the devil's language. I'll move into the truth of Jesus. I'm gonna be a person of honesty and truth. If that's you, and I hope it's all of us today, would you raise your hand this morning and say, I wanna be a truth teller. May I see hands up all around the room that I wanna put truth out there. God, we come before you, God. Thank you for Jesus, who is the ultimate truth. God, we don't have to earn it, God. We don't deserve it, but God, you gave it to us. God, I pray for every single time we're tempted to lie. God, we're tempted to exaggerate. We're tempted to manipulate the story. God, I pray that we pause and that we recognize that we don't wanna speak the devil's language, that we speak your truth and your power. God, so renew our minds and our hearts this morning. God, for those of us who are living a lie, God, I pray that you lead them in the right path. God, that lead them to the right relationship where they can find healing. God, give them courage to open up, help them become clean, and God, help them to find healing from their son, Jesus. And God, for those of us that are receiving God confession, receiving the end of a confession, God, I pray that you show grace. God, I pray that we be people that would forgive people with open hands. God, I know we've been walked on. I know there's people in our life that don't deserve grace, God, but they do deserve it because your son, Jesus. So God, I pray we be a people of forgiveness, and God, that we'd speak words of life and healing to those around us that may have lied to us. As we continue to pray today, there's some of you that recognize the devil has been lying to you and you've lived his lie for your life. Maybe you grew up in church and you thought you had to follow the rules. Maybe you thought you had to be good enough or be a good person to know Jesus. Maybe you thought you had to measure up to some standard. You look around and say, I'm not that bad of a person. But for some of you, the devil has kept you in chains. Some of you say, I'm not good enough for Jesus. I'm not good enough to follow him. He'd never love me. You feel condemned. You feel the guilt. You feel the shame. But today I want you to recognize the truth has a name. That name is Jesus. Today, the love of God pursues you and is inviting you to come and follow Jesus, the truth. We don't buy the lie, you have to clean your life up first. Don't buy the lie that you can't come to Christ just as you are, but Jesus will clean up your mess. The truth is this, that Jesus is the son of God. He was born without sin. He lived a perfect life. He became sin for us on the cross. The Bible says that our sin was nailed to the cross in Jesus. He died in our place to be forgiven. Why? So that anyone that calls on him can be saved. That includes you and includes me. That every sin we committed be forgiven before God. That the old is gone and the new has come. So across this room, there are some of you that say, I need his grace. You're not here by accident. Maybe you're stuck in the lies of the devil, but you're one prayer away from experiencing the truth of our God, Jesus. So across this room, those of you that say, yes, I need his grace. Yes, I need his forgiveness. Yes, I want to turn my life to Jesus. If that's you, would you lift your hands high right now? If anybody looking around and say, yes, I need Jesus. I see a hand in the middle, it's so awesome. Anybody else say, I need Jesus today? I see your hands up, there's hands up in the front. There's two or three hands, man, it's so incredible. Anybody else say, I need Jesus. I surrender to him, I want to be a truth teller. I want to be know the truth. I want to know Jesus this morning. Hey, if you raise your hands, I want you to invite you to pray this prayer after me. And just ask Jesus to come into your life and to, to commit to him. To say, I want, you want to give your life to him. Say this after me. Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me my sins. God, make me new from the inside out. I believe your truth. I believe you died on a cross for me. God, I pray you make me whole. God, send your spirit into my life. God, thank you for new life. Thank you for Jesus. I'm going to follow you. Thank you for everything you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is the end of this podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another inspirational podcast. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com.